0: Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is the podcast based on the Korean saying, "If you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole." I'm Youngmi Mayor. I'm the host. Each episode, I have a guest come on the podcast to share a sad story, and then while they're talking about it, I try to make them laugh, so then they laugh and cry, and hair grows out of their butthole. <laughs> this week, I have an amazing guest. I'm going to describe this person as somebody that feels to me like um, kin, like the, somebody that feels very familiar to me, a very close friend. And an amazing, hilarious stand-up comedian who performs all over this country. She's constantly touring. Everyone, give it up for Lana Siebel.
1: Aw, thank you so much for having me. And I, I feel the same way. I never, you know, sometimes I get nervous, especially, you know, I think we've talked about all our upbringing and... Uh, I feel like somebody's going to be a little mean or, um, but with you, you're just so kind and welcoming and just, just a force. So I really, you know, you're so strong and kind. So I just love talking to you. I I really um, am grateful for this friendship.
0: Yeah, I feel the same exact way. I feel like, you know, um, I did want to make a note of saying that because I, I feel like I'm at this point in my life <laughs> where I um I just like really value that in people, you know, where when yeah. people feel familiar right off the bat, and I've always felt that way about you. Also returning guests. What of an very honor few returning guests on the podcast. Because you were here before with your son James, James who, yeah, <laughs> and Mino, yeah. Who also connected right off the bat. He loved being on.
1: He's still. Uh, we still got it. We still got to get that recording of him, and because he wants to show it to everybody, and he just uh, started his uh, YouTube channel, so he's uh, getting very excited. Anyways, I think Mino and James are gonna help launch our careers even more. They better not forget about us. This is why we're. I hope
0: so. Yeah. I'm tired of working, Lana. I know. Got these I know. kids to do it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> working <laughs> regularly, working for them, so they'll they'll return the favor.
0: When's James' YouTube channel going to pop off? I need to write his coattails.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm already trying. Um, It's Rodney Bulldog Field, And he pretty much, like, writes his own stuff. And he, like, records it and acts in it. Because we're like, you know, mommy and daddy are not going to help you out. Uh, He, like, was, like, eight or nine when he started. So he's been kind of doing it on his own. So that's, that's the way to, yeah, that's the way to make them work on their own. And then just ride on their coattails. Yeah, he really, he, he's an interesting guy. Like, I, we're just, you know, he watches these, like, forty fifties 50s documentaries while I'm watching TikTok. Like, literally, I'm oh listening God, about world. I? Yeah, this is this is an event that happened between us. Um, you know, I'm hearing That's all so about fun. World War II, and he's just like, why am I hearing, like, bounce, shake-ass music? You know, like, somebody's shaking their ass music. Like, What? So that's the levels we're on. He's like, "What are you? What are you
0: watching TikTok yeah, again? you exactly. kids with th- your Tik <laughs> talkies. That's exactly roles it. Roles have been reversed. <laughs> it's a
1: weird. It's a bizarre world for sure.
0: What is the deal with kids? Our kids. I feel like a lot of kids, though. And these World War II documentaries, because Mino is also really into that. Really? Oh my gosh. You know, it could be our
1: good mothering or it could be our good influence. <laughs> that's what I like to think. <laughs> they're maybe they're like really paying attention to the world and seeing patterns and you know, everything that's going on. So that's that I think that's so cool that Mino's doing that too. And he's he's even younger than James, so that's incredibly impressive. And he's such a yeah, sweet like, kid too. He's he's a sweetheart. Yeah,
0: they're both very yeah. they both also feel like um I feel like they felt familiar with each other right off the bat. Yeah. They're very similar personalities like that. Yeah. <sighs> Um they, um they hit it off right yeah, away it's so cute yeah. seeing them together they look like two old men though yes they have the, that vibe <laughs> they, really them. <laughs> they really
1: do they really do they love to play they enjoy life but there's a lot of like oh this and that and everything's a hardship yeah it's kind of amazing yeah um i think we're very knock on wood lucky i do yeah. my um eastern european superstition the
0: knock on wood <sighs> yeah um you are culturally very Ukrainian.
1: I am, yeah, yeah. It's um it's very weird to talk about with everything going on now, but yeah, you know, when I left, um, it was still the USSR.
0: Which Mm -hmm. is like
1: Mm -hmm. Ukraine, Russia, everybody is together. It's, um, still communism. And then, I mean, this wasn't even that long ago. And if anyone asks, I'm 29, but. Like yeah. I
0: left. It. This was 2018.
1: 2018. Thank you. You see, you do the math well. The so The
0: USSR fell.
1: I'm really <laughs> impressed. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, and then a month later, the wall came down. USSR fell. And then yeah. a couple years later, the revolution. And um,
0: a month after you left, it was what you were right at like a month about it after being 2018.
1: 20 yeah. It was a
0: little earlier than 2018 Exactly <laughs>
1: Exactly that you got your math
0: right Exactly That's- we're convincing the Gen Z, Gen Z that's, if, if any Gen Z is listening, they're convinced that the wall fell in 2018 now.
1: Let's do that. I like, I like this conspiracy theory. This is great. I actually did another interview for an NYU student, and I was joking around, and I said, I'm 29, and then it says in the interview, Lana Siebel, 29. I'm like, oh, my God. This is I mean, see, you look 29. You could, they, yeah, you got to be careful. Appreciate it. And so do you. You're 28, though. Um, but, uh. <laughs> uh yeah it's so it's uh it, it's it's um and so when we were coming over um it was i you know it's weird to talk about this, but it was very anti-semitic um mm. to a point mm-hmm. where I actually I'm um, thankful to my dad he, he he um you know showed me all these documents and it where it says you know refugee and it says um citizenship, it says Jewish. So they want to make sure that you're marked as you're not a citizen, you're not Ukrainian, you're Jewish, you're separate. Um, So, you know, growing up, I never felt like I would never say, like now I feel pride. Um, Mm -hmm. But growing up, I feel like I was different. I was Jewish. Yeah, like I couldn't, you know, my brother couldn't go to certain schools. Jewish people couldn't do certain Mm -hmm. things. But it wasn't just Jewish people. It was also like... um, you know, my parents' closest friends, they were Christian uh, Orthodox. Um, none of us were religious, but they were also not able to, you know. The, everybody was right. um, just supposed to have these superstitions. Everyone was supposed mm-hmm. to celebrate New Year's, and that's it. You're not um, allowed to um, have any kind of beliefs or religion, or it, it was more like um that's just how it was. Um, right. Yeah. Uh and, uh, it's, it seems so long ago, but it really wasn't. Um, you know, my, my dad grew up in this, like, it's called bearshit, which sounds like bearshit, as my Italian American <laughs> husband <laughs> pointed out. I'm so, I'm so glad he made me see the humor and all like some of these things are so, um, like to a point it's like so melodramatic and heavy, but I'm glad he's always making me see the stupidity and the humor. But, um, mm. yeah, no, the Jewish people were made to live like my, my dad and his family. They were made to live in a separate, like, it was called the Jewish ghetto. And they mm. made all, it was, it was like Fiddler on the Roof. Just picture Fiddler on the Roof. That's where. Like, it's pretty that's much. That's what I was
0: picturing already. That's no, the, <laughs> exactly. you already went into the show well, too. Well, you said Jewish. That's what I saw in my head. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> if Just I kidding. were a rich man. That's, that is, that's exactly. <laughs> Just go but, into the musical. Just go ahead. I'm not even gonna, I'll, 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 write more about that in the book, but, it, and I don't see too much of it, um, written in the book, but, I mean, written anywhere about, about yeah. Bearshit. Maybe it's the name, but,
0: um. <laughs> Wait, so that town, Bearshit, yeah <laughs> that's exactly sorry I, no
1: that's I'm trying to say it's
0: it Be- beer a beer lot of, how, do, how do you spell that
1: um i was trying to look it up uh it, they say more like a bear shut which also beer. sounds wow. like bear you
0: know there's no it sounds just, cool when you say it yeah beer yeah roll
1: the r's beer.
0: um <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very,
1: that very good, yes.
0: <laughs> Whenever I hear another language and I try to speak another language, for some reason, my brain does a Korean accent. I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, that's the other language I speak. So if anyone says, like, oh, like, como estas? I'm like, como estas? <laughs> I'm like, why did, why did my brain just so make funny. it Korean? <laughs>
1: that's so... <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Or if I'm in another country that, you know, they don't speak English there, it could be anywhere in the world, like, they could be speaking French, but my brain, for some reason, thinks like, if I'm like, hello, hi, where's the bathroom? And they're like, what? (laughs) And And then for some reason, Korean comes out after, like... I'm like, why am I speaking Korean to this French guy? <laughs> like, my, why is my brain... It's so funny.
1: That is so funny. I, so I do a whole bit about my father-in-law, who's Italian-American, yeah. and he, uh-huh. um, he would always say, you know, he speaks Italian. And we went last year to Italy, um, yeah. and uh, he, you know, he ended up speaking um, in English with an Italian accent. That's exactly what ended up this, this was really I think he was nervous because like, cause he speaks Eng- he speaks Italian in America but not in Italy uh-huh. I think because they speak oh, so quickly right. and also it dif- they are all- a uh,
0: different dialect right It was what it's D- um, a different dialect. I think he or- maybe
1: just got nervous and just in mm. front of us and maybe because we were making fun of him so much. So he would just go into, and I would be like, you know, they speak, I'm speaking to them in English, uh, Roberto, yeah. so you could stop because everybody speaks in English in Rome, so you gotta stop with the accent. That's so- it was so So funny. you would
0: be like, hi, table for five. Yeah, and he'd, he come he'd come and be up like, and he'd go, hello, a table for five. Exactly. I was asking, we were like almost
1: lost. We needed to go to like, get a train station to Florence. We were going, we were excited. And I was like talking to the people. They spoke like perfect English. And he, I just see him like slowly walk up and he was like, excuse me, train station. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> me and James were laughing I us to sleep every
0: night because we were like, are you kidding me? Imagine if I was there and then after your, <laughs> your father-in-law did that, I just started speaking Korean. Like, <laughs> ah, And then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing either. What are we doing? <laughs> I'd like to just see a show
1: with you and my uh, father-in-law. That would be amazing. Both
0: of us traveling Europe.
1: <laughs> and he's like, a bathroom, please, please. <laughs> But apparently i do the same thing with my parents too i speak in english with like a russian accent to them because i think they'll understand better because
0: oh, like that's so funny
1: yeah i came when i was seven so sometimes my I, I still speak russian but um i need to go into like i guess it's called Rushglish. so when oh i God. yeah so when i speak in english i try oh mom like, i don't know i just go into this like very
0: jewish uh russian it's you're doing like fiddler on the roof uh, impersonation like if somebody heard you they'd be offended they'd be like i'm sorry what are you, are you making fun of Jewish people and you're like <laughs> <Yeah>. no no <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've lived it i am one 100% <laughs> and uh yeah i could definitely we need to <laughs> that's the thing you know you mentioned a good point it's like we, everything, there's so much going on in the world, unfortunately, that like we can't even make fun of our own cultures. And that's really important to not take yourself too seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have these bits about like how Drake <sighs> yeah. is being more Jewish and, um, and people are, you know, I, I think they're being sensitive to things, but it's like really hard to be it's so... It's like they're taking
0: something away from you. Yeah. They're taking a coping mechanism away from a coping, you. Yes, and from themselves too. I felt too. that so much, Lana. Oh, I'm, I'm glad we talked felt about that. I that a it. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think um, for... Well, it's not all Korean people, obviously, but a lot of Korean... Uh, like, my family, they're very, like, rural Korean and it's a big part of my family how they act is, like, when things get really hard, we just joke around. Like, it's hard for us to, like... And, like, a lot of them, I think because they i like literally some of my family members i've never seen them serious for even one second yeah you know because they're like they have gone through so too much trauma yes so it's like everything is funny for them and to force them to be serious and take that coping mechanism away from them is really you know it's like painful for them so of course i would never say stop joking it's too serious, because that's how they deal with it. That's, you know? the, I, I that's how I, I deal with it.
1: Yeah, no, that that's um, that's that's my parents. That's my my dad, especially he. Um, he's okay now, but uh, last week he had to be hospitalized um, over mm. something that if he just listened to a doctor, he didn't have to be in the hospital. Like he needed a pacemaker like two years ago, and he thinks he's a professional athlete, and it's okay for him to jump from like forty to 140 um, heart pressure. So anyways, he he would just have a little chocolate and walk, you know, five miles. He thought that was the solution.
0: Um, so then he's
1: in Oops. the hospital.
0: Uh, <laughs> then, um, he was feeling bad, so he had a little chocolate, and then he walked five miles, and now he's in the hospital.
1: Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really makes a lot of sense. Um, But he he's in the hospital, right? And my mother, she's not doing too well. She's in, in a walker and she's like, I will stay with you the whole night. And he was like, if you stay with me, I will run to another hospital. And then he's like laughing oh, to himself. But like, that's how they get through things. And it was actually really yeah. funny. And he was like, really, like, it cheered him up.
0: And well, that's interesting, you know, because you're obviously a comedian and and, um, so you're saying that right now, just because of everything that's going on in the world, you feel audiences are being really sensitive to your jokes about your own culture.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah. And, um, I guess I'm not trying to take it personal cause I see it with other comics who are trying to make fun of their own culture. And it's like, um, you know, we, c- yes, you can't really make fun of another culture. I absolutely agree, but you can make fun yeah. of yourself and your own culture. We yeah, we have we to make fun through. of
0: ourselves, yeah. And it is like a super difficult time. I, I just want to note, obviously, right now it's like such a hard time for the entire Jewish diaspora. But I was thinking about you actually um, because, because I'm involved in two wars. Because <laughs> I'm Ukrainian yeah.
1: and yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Like last time we spoke, we were talking. That was like right after you know the Ukraine. Um, that was like. I feel like it was right after it started, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's which is still going on. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just like, yeah, it must be very intense for you to be sort of thrown into these like mega global events uh, because of your identity. How like how does that feel? In
1: terms of identity, that's an interesting thing you actually brought up. I just thought of this now, but I think, since, you know, I've been in Brooklyn since I was seven mm-hmm. and I feel like I got – I. I'm very lucky that I got to know all these different cultures and ethnicities and people in a very intimate way. So I, I never really,
0: mm.
1: you know, I am from Ukraine. I, I do have a lot of cultural things that I still probably do. I am Jewish and that really seeped into me, but um, I... I I feel like my heart really hurts for people that are suffering and have to go through this like I, I I just don't um I almost feel like I I don't know what to do to help them but I do feel like um you know we left Ukraine right before the revolution um mm-hmm. and then
0: in 2018
1: into in twenty eighteen, thank you. Kidding. Exactly, thanks for
0: <laughs> the revolution of twenty eighteen. The
1: revolution of twenty eighteen, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's weird to say revolution too. Like in this day and age, all the words we're using: revolution, war, pandemic. It's like what century are we in? Um Yeah, it's very very strange. And then and then we were when we were immigrating, and you know I had to stay in these. um refugee camps and um i my uh dad had this interview where he was kind of they were told like he, they have to go to Israel and my parents didn't want to go to Israel they wanted to come to America they always dreamed of being uh um in a Free country. Um, and, you know, they had their ideas. Again, picture fiddler on the roof. Um, and, or, um, what's that cartoon where it's like, um, uh, Tales of America, Spielberg? Um, the, oh, the
0: mouse, the mouse, American tail.
1: Yes. The streets are filled with cheese. There are no cats in America.
0: That's yeah, which is based on Fiddler on the Roof, isn't it? I, I think I've, so. I think I read I'm pretty that. sure yeah. it is. Yeah, so, um, Saddest cartoon ever. Why why was I remember watching that as a kid, like, am I supposed to be crying this hard? <laughs> <laughs> the the
1: the Eastern Europeans will do that to you. The Eastern Europeans. Yeah, these are two like I always I talked about this even like years ago, how it's two of the most depressed cultures put together. Um, so yeah, it's not like, you know, when I talk, it's not complaining. It's just how, you know, we talk, um,
0: that's you when you're uh, being positive.
1: Yeah. I, and so another great point you put out. So I, I feel very positive in a way, um, that I didn't, we didn't have to go to stay in Ukraine and then we didn't have to go to Israel and we made it to, to Brooklyn, which, you know, it wasn't ideal either because I pictured, you know, I think I pictured Beverly Hills in Hollywood and I um, oh. first stop was East New York, which is very different <laughs> from Beverly Hills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, things are constantly changing in Brooklyn, but it was that's where my relatives we were lucky enough that they took us in. Um, but uh, I do feel very positive, And this is what I, I've been going around when I perform and I tell people I really hope we could all put our differences aside because all of us don't want war, you know? Mm-hmm. And we want to continue living in a country where we could disagree with each other but live in, in, in peace and have love for mm-hmm. one another. Um I feel like a preacher now, like a <laughs> like Joel Olstein, <laughs> which but I really do believe we can come to that and it's really important now that we do.
0: Yeah, well I think your voice and you know, people like you um, and people who have been through things that you have been through, I think your voices are extremely important because, you know, obviously the Jewish diaspora is very large and it's like encompasses all different kinds of people. Again, right? I'm so glad
1: you're saying that because I don't get why everybody is now lumped Clumping into one everyone group. together because maybe it's easier for people it's to so, comprehend,
0: but yeah, but it, it's so different and just yeah. like Even, like, the Korean diaspora that I'm a part of, some of them, I'm like, I don't know what these people are doing. Like, I don't want them to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Jewish diaspora is so large and it, like, consists of so many people from different countries. And and we've been kicked out of so many different
1: countries throughout history. Like, (laughs) if you watch, again, I have to make fun of it, but, like, you know, the whole show Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's just every episode he's getting kicked out of one dinner <laughs> or a restaurant <laughs> or so like, it's like we've been through like, there's so many Jewish people throughout the world and yeah. um, they're mixtures of people. So it's, yeah, like, it's like you said, I really hope people can recognize everyone for the individual. Um, you can't just lump people. And then, I mean, I guess it's easier if you have an agenda to not to hate, it's easier to just lump
0: but, yeah and and not look exactly. at somebody
1: for a human
0: yeah and i think that like all of that is like really being um what's it called it, it, really uh times a thousand online because you're just like seeing the distillation of the most angriest hateful parts of each group of people yeah and that's the part that the other side is seeing you know
1: yeah um
0: and but i just i what i was gonna say was like i think your voice is so important because you you come you know like earlier when i was introducing you and i said you feel like kin I have this idea and like you sort of touched on this just a minute ago like how people are grouped together I think there is like something so fundamentally incorrect about how we are grouped together as human beings like we're I'm supposed to be like this group with all these other Korean people and I'm like I don't I don't identify or I don't relate to a lot of them or you're supposed to be in this group with all the Jewish people because you're Jewish and it's like, you know, obviously, there's so many different kinds of people there in that are. giant and There's a lot of people group. I don't
1: agree with and don't, yeah,
0: can't relate and to then, it all. Yeah. And then you have to stand there like you're on their team. Yeah, like yeah. I'm it's on like somebody's It's so team true. It's like it's a like, team. Yeah. Oh, a yeah. Yeah. But like when I was saying, when I was introducing you earlier, I was like, I feel like this is how we should group each other together. Like, are we... Do we relate to one another? Do we have similar lives? And I think, you know, even though your cultural background is so different than mine, like it could not be any more different. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're very similar, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think with the first conversation we ever had, you were always, um, you said, you know, something about you never felt like you needed to be, um, isolate anyone or be mean to anyone and you felt like you kind of felt always and I I feel the same way I should speak for myself a little bit of an outsider where yeah like exactly what we said we that we don't you know I'm not like gonna stay there and belong to a a group and let's say that group isn't doing something very nice and I just don't want to stand for that um I I want I want to live around people I want to love people and and be with them and make them laugh but I don't want to start taking sides or be part of a team that it's just all very weird yeah
0: it is weird and i think people get into this like tribal yeah headspace and you know like honestly and and then people like are so gung ho about one side and they hate it when you say okay let's be honest everybody is kind of doing this they're doing this this is my side as you know like yeah yeah. to the point where you're you lose touch of something and then it just gets really extreme yeah but i was gonna say i think your voice is really important like this voice this message that you keep uh you you're talking about where you're like i want peace and i want things to whatever um just live alongside uh peacefully like that is the goal i think I'm hearing that from you and I personally feel like that is a possibly a direct result from your childhood and all of these things that you saw growing up, you know, as a refugee, you know what that looks like, what that feels like, no matter who it is that's going through it, like you have an understanding of that's just bad period, you know, exactly. And so, and, so, I, so mean, I really like hearing that. No, I really appreciate from you.
1: No, thank you so much. I think your voice is very important as well. And I um. Uh, you know, and it's not like, I don't think we're we're sounding like, oh, we're so great, but it's more like, it just feels like a need, like a need to get people to be like, things could be better. We, 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 we just we got to figure things out. This is important. This feels really important right now. And and in terms of making people laugh, I joke about how, um, you know, fem- like female uh, – Uk- Ukrainian females are trained – are being trained now to be soldiers. Um, mm. And this is not the quality they wanted, okay? And also, <laughs> I talk <laughs> about <laughs> – That like, – yeah. Yeah, you couldn't do Why certain things, but so- oh, look at you. You could be a soldier. Now you can go, good luck. You know, no. And um, to me, it's like maddening. And also – You know, I I have a whole bit about how um, I also am not a brave, I think I'm strong, I'm not a brave person, and um, you know, everybody, I love to tell this story, and Justin and James love to tell this story, like I go to the the parade we have every year, um, and we, we have a good time, it's the West Indian Day Parade, it happens around Labor Day. Every year we we, we have a great time, but, you know, things, there's gunshots, it's in the papers, Mm -hmm. things pop off as a lot of other parades do, and um, actually the last couple years have been been pretty quiet, but this was like about five years ago before the pandemic, and we heard Mm -hmm. gunshots, and I, I ran off so quickly, you know. Um, and I joke that it was like, I was at the NFL combine and I ran a four, four So that's, you just four- ran, I ran wow. 40 yards in four seconds. I think that's really
0: impressive. I really think, um, wow.
1: yeah, I think, uh, I was, you're like, I've,
0: I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I here. can run. I
1: can run. Yeah. And you know, Justin was carrying James and of course James became his child. Not mine, Ha-ha-ha. even though he's both a virgin, you know. Um, it's every man for himself. Exactly. That's James my is motto. like
0: six years old. You just got it. That's my <laughs> motto. And like
1: sometimes, you know, I'm afraid of the water too. So I think I see a shark and I run and Justin and James are like, you're not going to warn us. You're not going to tell us. Out. I'm like each man for themselves. That's exactly my motto.
0: I like your motto. You want pretty- <laughs> world peace. <laughs> yes. Everyone lives in peace. No war. Nothing bad. <laughs> exactly. But if anything happens, every man for himself. Uh, every
1: man for themselves. Good luck.
0: I like that. You're on your own. Right? That's, That's also honest. my motto. It's
1: honest. Yeah. And whoever tells you, oh, I'm going to be the hero. No. You got to. Let's go. You know, they tell you in the airplane, you got to put, put the mask on you, then the child. All right. Yeah, put
0: your mask on first and then run away. Leave your child behind. Exactly. Throw your They tell you on the airplane, throw your child out the window. Exactly. So you can get out faster. Exactly. And you know what? James knows this. Exactly. Use your child as an airbag. <laughs> yep.
1: If you have to, listen. <laughs> James knows this and he knows listen. what not to expect. And he knows he's got to, you know, make it himself because his mom is not going to save him. No, she That's won't. Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh wait, can I ask um just because you did mention briefly you were working on a book which I'm like excited about because your story, you know, and uh, you you did say it's like a story that a lot of people have not heard before. Um, um which it seems interesting. I mean, cuz like you know what you were saying about all these words like revolution and You know, like USSR and a refugee, like these words feel so far away and so ancient, but like you have lived through that. Yeah. And you're only 26.
1: Exactly. I know. know. Somehow I got three years younger during this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's Um, a miracle.
0: Yeah. It's, it is interesting that people, I guess like everybody in America sort of thinks that it's this like old immigrant story like yeah. if you heard an immigrant talking about a story like that they're like in their 70s or something yeah you know?
1: it's so true because i would um talk to a few few people and they would be like oh my grandmother was from ukraine my my yeah. great-grandfather so it's all these stories but like our immigration was not that long ago i guess we were um i don't know maybe one of the last not but not i mean people keep immigrating and and um um and i guess the way our immigration happened was you know on the cusp of the ussr falling apart and right. um and then and then just some of the wild stories my parents tell me what they had to go through you know my dad moving out when he was 14 um mm. and uh and then um you know my mom getting married at 19 and some of the things, um, she would tell me, uh, that were like normal. Um, and I guess I, 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 don't know if we're, when we're at the end, I'll, I'll tell you the very sad story that has to do with my, my mother's upbringing. Um, mm. but, um, but throughout all their hardships and the, the craziness, um, you know, they never got the help they needed. But I think they used humor. I mean, thank God mm-hmm. for humor because I think um, you know, we would just be under a table somewhere just talking to ourselves. So the humor really yeah. I think kept them going. It kept me going. Um, but it's still yeah, some of the stories I tell it um, they're, they're 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 kind of um, wild and people it's almost hard to believe, but they they actually yeah. happened. Um and uh, and I feel very lucky to tell them. I feel very lucky to be here. I feel lucky to have mm-hmm. such warm people, amazing powerhouse people like you uh, around. And um,
0: please stop. Uh, please stop complimenting me. It's I very, know it's uh, uncomfortable. Uncomf- We're both uncomfortable. You keep doing it. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't feel good about it either. I'm trying.
1: I'm trying. It's a lot of work. It's yeah, a lot of work. I know. To, yeah. My-
0: <laughs> I've done so much work just to, just when people compliment me, just to be like, just like nod and go. Because <sighs> we both hear our <laughs> mothers myself, going, yeah. you... no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Wait, can I ask about the, I guess, because um, you're saying you were one of the last people to emigrate, but that's not necessarily true. But then what about in terms of like the Jewish population of Ukraine? Was that like was that I'm guessing, you know, by the time you left there wasn't that many Jewish people in Ukraine. Yeah, like, that's what don't. I
1: that's what I w- thought. And then I spoke to somebody uh-huh. who um uh, he's in his so a few years older than me. He's in his early thirties and he, he lived in Russia. Uh-huh. Um and then he moved yeah. to a few years ago he actually moved to Thailand but he, he he and he told me that there's actually a lot of Jewish people in Ukraine um hmm. and um some of the things he told me and he said all the Jewish people are actually very like buff and so I just picture like inglorious bastards.
0: They're all uh, buff?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all buff and big and strong and that's not the way I grew up. So to me it's all like bizarre world. I wish I can go visit um I did go back and visit um my husband's friend, Moscow, um, like fifteen years ago.
0: Oh, I remember you told me and you're the whole time you were like scared, like. Yes,
1: <gasps> I was terrified. I I'm like no! Yeah. yeah, we, it was, it was, um, so th- it was, it's still like the wild west, but it was amazing. And, um, there was an incident where we were joking around and we were at a, um, my my husband's friend was having like his birthday and then the guys that were working there wanted to see our passports just for fun and they take my husband's passport and they're like looking at it and they're like oh amerikanski which means and all of a sudden i get this like i guess this uh lana the refugee and i just take it away i'm like enough already like in russian and my husband's like whoa you were badass i'm like you have no idea they can just like it could admit and, and like you never know in terms like in seconds they could just be like our whole lives could change so I'm just gonna take
0: and we're gonna
1: once again let are like run. I've seen this
0: before I've seen this before <laughs> I was terrified <laughs> and you just started running yeah 40 yeah, yards I in 4 seconds tough.
1: yeah I was like give me no no more joking around boy. like I was like oh wow. like, he was like I did not he's like I liked it I was like alright we'll do that later in the bedroom no but I'll speak in Russian funny. and take away your he's, passport yeah
0: he brings um, his passport to the bedroom <laughs> Exactly. wait I love how you're like oh they said in Russian Ameri- uh, American ski and then you're like that means American and I'm like oh okay <laughs> okay good <laughs> that's what my mom would call um, like, what does that my- mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, <we're- laughs> Well, what were they saying what were they saying about my passport <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh yeah sorry I, I think we are uh, we-, we have too good of a time I, I forgot what we were talking about but yeah, well, so I yeah. yeah I had this image of the world like us leaving and everyone all the Jewish people being kicked out, flash leaving, and but uh, they're still
0: there. They're still there. and they're buff and they're buff. They're like I'm picturing and buff.
1: Brad Pitt in Glorious Bastards kicking ass. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of wild.
0: <laughs> I don't know. There's like parts of the like I always make fun of the because there's like a bunch of Koreans in LA ah, and yeah. they're all really buff. I don't know, there's pockets of buff Koreans. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I think happened. we got to get ripped. buff.
1: The Ukrainian-Korean buff team, yeah. I think that's what's missing. Yeah. That's the message yeah. I'm getting from all this. Not brave or how to help people, but
0: <laughs> 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 got to yeah. get buffed. No, we're not helping anyone. We're just getting buff. We're just
1: going to get buff, and then we can help people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Then we'll be faster at running away.
1: There you go. It's all about how (laughs) fast you can run.
0: Um, Um, No, I I really love your world. I, I love your perspective on life. And I think it's really helpful, especially in this time. And also, I do think that it's harmful. You know, obviously, we're like dancing around the fact that there is like so much turmoil right now in Israel and Palestine. And I think it's really harmful that most people in America... Do not know any Jewish people or Palestinian people. Yeah. Or or even Middle Eastern people. Yeah. You know, like, or Muslim people. Yeah. Most people in America, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that um, graph that white Americans, like white Christian Americans, the majority of them know one or less person of color, quote unquote. Yeah. And I'm assuming that for the Jewish diaspora that uh for the most part is, you know, in New York City and then I think uh LA is like the two parts where there's, you know, a represent a lots of representation. Outside of those two areas, for the majority of Americans, they just don't know anyone yeah. that's uh Jewish or Muslim or Palestinian. And so, all of these ideas that they have Are formed on things that they're seeing on the internet, Hmm. which is dangerous. Not the greatest, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, For any uh, any for any representation, right? It's not the greatest thing to have somebody make an idea about you and your this entire giant group of people based on that. You know, it's 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 crazy because then when you come into
1: seeing each other, we're like, oh. You don't have horns or a tail or a baby yeah. Like we're this we're the same people. We have we just wanna live a nice life and and, and and be safe.
0: Yeah. And the internet is like the most extreme person of every uh, group is portrayed on the internet. Do you
1: yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah, because they're trying to get attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how you get yeah. attention. And some of the like Korean people, like I follow so many like Korean people and yeah, activists yeah. and writers. But some of them, I'm like, this person is so extreme. Yeah, and like I like this is this is who you're seeing. Yeah, like, there's that. Do you know that North Korean woman? She's like a red pill celebrity. Oh. she escaped from North Korea, and she's extremely beautiful. Yeah, and. And um, she has, like, she became very famous. I forgot her name, but, like, mm. she became very famous because she had these horrific stories of North Korea, which mm. are true. I believe her, obviously, because yeah. I've, I've heard so many of them when I lived in Korea. Yeah. But then she became weirdly, like, uh, oh, what's it called? Like, alt-right. So uh. she's, like, an alt-right celebrity now. Huh. And I'm like, this is who you're seeing. You know, this yeah. is who a lot of white American men are seeing when they think of a korean person in their head and i'm like yeah yeah it's just like
1: again it's one person and then it's also one person in like the the spotlight and it's like a cartoon it's and a lot of these and some sometimes maybe people really do believe what they're doing but a lot of times especially if you're like in the celebrity you're you 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 exaggerate, you make up, it's a little bigger, like just, just, you know, when you write yep. fiction and then when you do stand up, you, you, you put a little more in it, it's, it's craft, it's an art form. And then to, to think that's complete reality, um, yeah, yeah it Is again, it's, it's just, it's just not what it is. It's, um, yeah, to, to make ourselves so distant and like, uh, just the, this weird, with this, abstract image it's just not reality um
0: yeah and it's so unfortunate because you know like people just don't have a chance of seeing different kinds of cultures yeah face to face and if they did it would be very helpful yeah
1: Yeah, it would be very like um so uh, my son he goes to a, a, a barber and he we finally found this guy he is the most amazing barber Um, he just really does exactly what James wants. James feels like a million bucks. He's very particular on his hair and he charges really well, you know, cheap. And, uh, you know, for that kind of cut and he's Palestinian. And, uh, when we'd first go, he had, there was like four or five flags. There was a background of the mosque. Um, and I would just give cash because my credit card says Feldman so (laughs) I don't even know how to discuss this feels like uh, this feels like exactly like a curb your enthusiasm episode um so when this whole thing happened I didn't want James to lose the best barber and he's always so friendly to us right and he's such a such a sweet guy um and uh you know it's James and other a lot of older um eastern oh there's there's my neighbor, the the dogs. Um, I don't know if you could hear it. <laughs> Just, uh, they're trying to bark each other. But um, I, yeah, so I, I and my, my, my phone also says Feldman. And um, so I would try to use Justin's phone. And I would overcompensate. I'm, I'm like acting so nice, and he's. I'm like, he's like, oh, I, I had to go away. I'm like, well, we come back. We really miss you, and so he treats James well. He's like, say hello to your mother, um, because you live with people and you see, like, oh, this is a nice guy. This is a nice lady. Um, we don't have any issues. You know, it's mm-hmm. that daily, and I think think there's something that happened in terms of he was like to James he was like oh you're not off you're off from school for Hanukkah and it wasn't because James actually goes to a Catholic school this is all very confused this is how we're lucky to be it's around so Brooklyn many different story very Brooklyn story <laughs> and and James got nervous and you know what he wasn't off for Hanukkah he was actually off for um a, a Catholic holiday yeah. Um, and, and James got nervous and he said, Oh, yeah. And then all the other men, they were like, started screaming. James got a little nervous. Um, yeah, this actually happened. It was very strange. And then, then, then this, the barber was like, calm down, calm down, you know. Wait, who was screaming? Um, the other men who were in the barbershop. There was like a few other guys in there. Um, so to me, that, that's wild. Um, but. I, I'm hopeful that just people having to live with each other, um, having to be mm. in that proximity and then hopefully becoming friends and marrying one another and dating one another and just constantly bumping is... is um, um To me, that's a hopeful thing. Um, mm. And I kind of talk about now, you never hear, you always hear of like somebody not liking someone because of their ignorance or like they're not knowing, they don't know that person ethnicity, but you never hear of uh people like Justin and I have been together for like 20 years hating someone because of the familiarity, because you know them so well. So <laughs> what he's been through with my parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like he's got the right <laughs> to not like, I got the right to not like certain things. Um, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, so I'm hopeful.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, but I also I just want to note that I feel, I just want to say that I am hearing that maybe you feel this sort of, you were saying you were overcompensating, and so you feel sort of like this responsibility or something to be the good um, example of this entire group of people, and I feel like that's super unfair. Because, you know, as a Asian person, I think about stuff like that, even... Not even just as a Korean person, just broadly Asian. Because I know that people, you know, y- y- when you're in public and you, like, you know, I live in Chinatown and I every day, not every single day, but like every once in a while I'll hear like a tourist saying something really racist and be like, oh, Chinese people, blah, blah, blah. And so I always feel like I have to be like on my best behavior because my behavior represents... The entire group of Asian people, including Chinese people, you know, and that's such an unfair thing. And that stress, you know, of you having that stress as like a Jewish person and, you know, uh, stressing out about making sure that your barber, your son's barber who's Palestinian feels comfortable. That's like, that's, that's rough. That's unfair. And it's rough because you are a sweet, nice person and you shouldn't have the added labor of having your actions represent an entire religion, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you and I'm
1: really happy you said that because I feel like I've always had to prove myself in terms of, you know, when I first got here, it was still the USSR I remember my my mother and my brother would say, they said, uh, don't speak, you know, our language because they'll think you're a spy. And I'm seven years old. So that message <laughs> carried oh with me, <laughs> like my whole, don't, don't be like this and don't. And, you know, in the comedy world, that's all amplified. And, you know, I stayed in refugee camps. I had all these crazy experiences, you know, with parents who never really got the treatment they needed um, psychologically. And, and then I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm getting labeled white woman this and white woman that because I look the way I do. And it feels very unfair and maddening. But um, all I can do is be like, well, what was your childhood like? And clearly you had a lot more privilege. You made me look like this, however that person looks like who labeled me that. Um, And so you clearly had more privilege than I did. So mm-hmm. that's another problem right now is that you just everyone's just labeling and spewing off and saying, yeah, this is who you are. And it's maddening. But it is on the other hand, it is what I chose to do to be in the public eye and speak for a living. So I just have to mm. try to explain. And um, but you're right. I shouldn't feel I do feel bad and I we shouldn't. And people who are um like you as well, like who are put into this category, thrown in, um, have nothing to be sorry about. Um, yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. It's, absolutely- it's really exhausting. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> but and it could especially be worse. Since
0: you are such a kind person, and I'm sure that your barber, you know, thinks very highly of you, and probably thinks that you're a great person. And you know, maybe he no, know- like the fact that you have to feel the need to hide that. I mean, I would be. I don't know if like the end of your story is that he realized that you are Jewish and um. If yeah, he, he like, saw kind of he ju- saw
1: Feldman, so he he did um, <laughs> schedule me. He's still scheduled, and I okay. make sure to tip well. Uh, and, yeah. and uh, um, uh, but I think you know you would. Some people say like, oh, this doesn't matter and that doesn't matter. But I think all these little interactions. All this showing mm-hmm. kindness and being good to one another, I think it does change somebody's well, opinion yeah, of a whole people.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say, like, you know, I'm sure that eventually he figured it out. But like, he knows you, and he, I'm, a, you know, he's yeah. like, like, oh yeah, she's like a person, and he also probably has the awareness to be like yeah, I'm from this culture that has an issue with this other culture, but this person is a great person, you Yeah, know? If we could and even start culture, off with I that. This person, yeah, yeah, that's
1: how, right? It was, like, that's what was viewed, yeah. like, oh, but this person is different. Like, but hopefully maybe they can <laughs> see it as,
0: like... Everybody's an individual. Well, I yeah, and I really... Man, you know, like, I feel like that, but that... I feel like I work on that actively all the time. And if I'm honest with you, I think it's it's something that everybody has to actively work on all yes. the time because yeah. it's our natural. That is such a natural instinct, I feel. All yeah. humans have a natural instinct to be like tribal and like yes. other and be afraid of the other. And it's just like I think if we're all being honest, we all have to just keep working. Yeah. Cause it sneaks up on you. I don't know where.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I am grateful to my parents for ha- letting me be so open-minded and maybe like not like everyone equally. <laughs> so living in New York, you, you, you really like, you don't, you know, it's not because of their ethnicity or religion or what they look like. It's really because it's what they're doing as a person. So
0: Yeah. I have, uh, I do, but, uh, now that I feel like, I feel like a good way, uh, can I tell you this before we get into your sad story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to say, like, I, I feel like, uh, fixing the, the, I feel like a big problem, like a root of the problem for humans is like doing stuff, uh, to people that don't deserve it, right? Yeah. Like, like racist, if you think about like racism and like sexism, all of those things are like, Having emotions about somebody who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So how to fix that is you really wail on the emotions when somebody does deserve it. When mm. somebody is like a shitty person. Like oh, if yeah. they cut you in line at the grocery store. Yeah. You should hate that person. Hate <laughs> <laughs> crime time. I don't care what they're. That's really funny. I <laughs> like that. Race or religion. You're going to put all that energy, you know? That's really funny. You get ma- really mad at them. And then you don't have any more anger and a <laughs> hatred in your heart. For people who don't deserve it, <laughs>
1: I love that. That's beautiful. That's exactly yeah. And you're still talking about the individual. So what we're really yeah, yeah I the think individual we could solve world peace if you're like really exactly. honest, yeah, and just that just that one person. All so, it takes is one person, yeah, to all put all and, your rage on that they deserve. So, and you know, what's the solve-
0: number one trait that uh, for me in my mind justifies just absolute hatred of a person <laughs> is is what you know, like in uh, this is a, I feel like this is a really big New York City thing when you are uh, at a party and someone's like being mean to you and they don't even know you. Yeah. And then they hear that you are someone that could be useful to them and all of a sudden they change their behavior. Yeah. You know, like obviously in stand-up, we see this all the time, right? Like comedians think that you're a nobody and then they're like being mean to you and then they're like, oh, you're like on this show or you know this booker and all of a sudden they're nice to you. Exactly. That kind of person, you could be mean to them and hate them from your core. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Fake.
1: That's why it's so important. Oh my God, to be nice to everybody. I know I still get people like, oh, I just started out and everybody was a dick to me except for you. I'm like... So I feel yeah, like really, it's, yeah, it's not easy because there's a lot of characters uh, everywhere in stand-up in New York. But yeah, yeah. it's like you said, um, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's important.
0: And a lot of people, I think that in New York, uh, especially, I don't know, not only comedians, but if, they're, if they see you being nice, they think that that means that you're new or something. And yeah,
1: like, yes. Yeah, and they t- they yeah, you they be that is because
0: you're nice.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's those
0: people deserve to get hated on. Yeah, yes,
1: yeah, they treat you like less than because they think, yeah, you're nice because you're a dummy or or you're not you're important. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I transactional totally, people. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we have time, but like I, I gotta say, what my mother-in-law she passed away, but what she showed me is kindness as a strength. Like she was so good and nice and well liked to a point where, you know, somebody even who doesn't deserve for her to be this patient and nice, but it was so, um, it wasn't, it wasn't just like out of nowhere. It was really like intentional kindness. And to me, Mm -hmm. I really was like, wow, that's, that's powerful.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a super super strength it
1: really is because sure. it's not easy yep. it, and I could see it's not easy for her either but she but the way she held herself like made her just look more powerful and not petty mm-hmm. and mean because and, that that's weak she it was is weak. really yep. like to be well liked by everybody to respect everyone and get that respect yep. back is a real yeah it's something strength. I look up to um yeah
0: I feel like that about you, Lana. Oh, I feel like that is your strength. That's, that's nice. very strong kindness and authenticity. I think people can really tell.
1: Thank you, because a lot of times I do go into my ah, oh, I just I can't take it anymore. Because <laughs> you get, you know, you no one's firm. Like yeah, I out. yeah, you get into like I can't. This is not fair. Why is this person being like this? And so it's not. Mm. It's a process, uh, and I don't. And you have yell at the thing.
0: person at the supermarket. That you cuts yell at the person. There
1: you go. That's what. Yes, they deserve
0: the hatred of yes. the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Yeah. what's So, what's your sad story? You were kind of like alluding to it earlier. Yeah. So.
1: Um. um so my. Um. Grandmother. Um. Back in the USSR, um, she was bailing out my grandfather from jail, which a lot of um, people, men in the USSR, just for anything, they'd be thrown into jail, especially if you are Jewish. Um, so a lot of the men would be like like hustlers, businessmen, would sell stuff. That would be the, like the income. And my grandmother was a dentist, which was looked at as social work. So there was a lot of female doctors and dentists and um, and they were they wouldn't get too they would get very little money for doing that, and it was more like, "Oh, you're helping out the community. It wasn't looked at as what it is in America. So yeah, it's really it's yeah, it was very strange in that way. Um, so my grandfather and she needed somebody to watch. My mother and my um, uncle at the time, they were young kids, I think maybe, I don't know, five, six. um, And she worked in the hospital and she was walking one day and she sees uh, a lady. She doesn't, we still don't know how old she is. Uh, Just know her name. Her name was Natasha. And she ended up living with uh, my mother uh, her whole life um, until she passed away. I was about one and a half years old when she passed away. She became like a grandmother to me. She was my mom's mother. Um, and she, she was from Poland and she wasn't Jewish. Um, but she, her whole family was killed off in the Holocaust. She escaped. She didn't know her real age. Uh, I get so, uh, Uh, emotional thinking about it. She was operated on by the Nazis. Um, she had a scar. She Mm. talked about, I remember my mom was telling me that she, you know, there was somebody who she loved, but she felt very ugly because she was operated on. So she never was with with anybody, but she was, um, she lived, you know, with, with, um, my, my mom and, um, and, um, I don't know too much about her, but, to me, um, the fact that she lived a life and persevered, and we don't know her age and much about her, but she's the one they talked about. Her she had a real sense of humor, and she was she you know would say to my mom like, "Oh, why do you need these expensive shoes and this?" And um, is is a real testament of the human spirit, and it really is a beautiful thing that um, I think we're very lucky that. Um, she lived with them. Um, I don't know how to kind of close up that story, but it's, I don't know. It just, um, and you know what? I guess the one funny part I find is after being around all that, my parents still never got the psychological help they needed. I mean, this is what I'm living with, (laughs) like that kind of intense emotion and sadness to live with that and never process it in any way. Um, You know, they created a hurricane, Uh mm-hmm. which which is a lot. But when I step back at it, it is kind of beautiful to watch. You know, mm-hmm. Um I just wish they would get some help. And so if anybody's listening, get help. <laughs> get yeah. some kind of psychological, some kind of way to, to because I don't think... I don't think it's um, physiological. I think it's all psychological. I think it's having to live with all that and never really processing it in any way.
0: You're saying that's leading to their, um, like, like health issues? I think it is, so yeah. Like a, I think I it is. For I sure. believe that. I 100% believe that. Yeah,
1: For sure. I'm glad you're saying Those, that,
0: yeah. Yes. It it's has it's has leading to, to my health
1: issues now. I don't know how much <laughs> more I can think. Like, I really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like come um, on already um but um mm-hmm. but it is a gift that they gave me that I can I can talk about it I can use humor I can write about it and I can maybe tell people you know it will wear you out you you really got to get some kind of
0: yeah I see it I agree with you but I also also it's <laughs> yeah. like you know, when you see um, how I think of psychological trauma is like, you know, when you see somebody like my, when I was growing up, my mom's coworker, when he was 18, he like jumped off of a wall or something and like broke his ankle, but he never went to the doctor because he just was like, I'm a tough guy. And it like healed incorrectly. And he had like a limp, right? And it's like, I've seen people live, live with injuries like that for like 20, 30 years. At that point, he had been living with it for 20 years. And then when they finally get to physical therapy, they have to sort of like re-break it, right? Re-injure it. And then they have to go through like a year or two of like being in a wheelchair or a walker or something to reset the bones and make it heal properly. And then it takes way longer than if he had gone when he was 18 because there's scar tissue and there's all this stuff that grew around it to like protect the wound and i and i think that's what psychological trauma is in people it's the same thing it's like you you broke your arm and then you held it like this because it hurt and you're protecting it and now it's super tender but there's like scar tissue that formed around it and if you want to fix it, it's going to be really painful because you basically have to break it again. Yeah. And it's going to take twice as long to heal than if you had, you know, done it right when it happened. And I think for some people, those injuries are so intense mm. that that healing process would is probably too, too much. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean?
1: yeah that's really beautiful the way you looked at that yeah Yeah. see that's why I really value your perspective on that I think you're you're absolutely right
0: I mean that's how I see my so my parents like some things about my parents I'm like I can see that they need to heal but I'm like that process is gonna be so painful yeah that I'm like and you've gone you know at this point 60 70 years like holding this broken arm you know into your chest yeah you know, like, are you gonna be able to survive? Yeah, opening that wound and healing it. You know.
1: Yeah. No. It's a that's a great, and I will definitely take that with me. I think that's so insightful and beautiful. I um only thing is, like, I'm asking you, I'm asking for a friend. How do you live around it? How do you deal with that? Those kind. Of, like I, I, I started. If I knew, it, I would tell you. Yeah, please. I will. Um, I have one. I have one idea is like maybe an an exorcism for my mom. I think we need to get the – like there's some kind of spirit in there that's like –
0: Yeah. It's like – Well, I mean because as the people around those people with these severe injuries, then you know, like your mom, you like the the broken arm analogy, she's holding it in and protecting it and then all of a sudden everyone around her has to start protecting it, you know? Yes. You're like walking around her in a circle so nobody bumps into her broken arm basically. Yeah, well –
1: I wish it was even a little more, it's more like the, like she's more like the, like the, like like blah. she's like spewing off like all the time. Boom, boom, boom. And like, um, my brother who's 10 years older than me, you know, he hasn't been around them for that long after all while. He was like shaking. Like he spent a night with her, like, like, like picture the movie, The Exorcist. Like, you know how they're all go, get around the devil and like shaking and trying to jump out the window. That's what he, and I was like, yeah, uh, now everybody's seeing it around us. And they're like, how do you, they like give me so much respect. Um, and love that I survived that. So that's kind yeah. of a nice thing. But they're like, like shaken up. Um, and I again, I love them very much. But I really think um I'm trying to your perspective really helps. And then also seeing it in a comical way um, helps as well very much
0: yeah but i'm concerned about you lana because yeah. i'm like concerned i yeah. mean i don't mean that no mean, no I am, i'm concerned like, about me too. i just want to make sure that you're okay you know and you're doing things to protect yourself yeah you know
1: i think um not I, getting
0: I, hurt i don't want you to be getting hurt because you know obviously you love your mom and you want to yeah. be there for her but i don't want to see you know i really that, appreciate that you pain, saying that yeah the unhealed I, pain causes everyone around you so much yeah pain. I think yeah.
1: me taking care of myself in the last years and then really um there is no way it's always like it's always going to be a lose lose with her sometimes but at least I'm figuring out like um how different I am from her and holding on to that identity and um uh really being optimistic and strong um it does help. And, and, there, and there is, I, I am like learning that sometimes when you completely separate and, and leave and isolate, it, it doesn't help. So it's like a constant, constant dance, constant yeah. comedic routine, constant, which is a lot of work. But at the same time, um, you know, the, the things that they've been through and the insight that I'm getting now, it is a gift. I am looking at it as a gift and maybe something that will help others. Um, and the insight you brought, I really thought that was that was really amazing. Yeah, I don't know how else to say it, but I'm going to really take that. I think that was – everybody should read your book because, yeah, <laughs> that was really wise.
0: Well, because, like, I, I've had that feeling too, like, with my parents. I'm like, I just wish they would go – go to therapy but then it's like some of these issues that i have with them are coping mechanisms that they've had in place for like 60 years yeah that's like so much uh healing yeah and i don't know if they are gonna be able to do that you know and i'm not judging them because that trauma is so much more intense than any trauma i've been through and i know how hard it was for me to heal from my relatively small trauma, you know? Yeah. It's like, how are they going to get through that? And so um, it's frustrating because I know how you feel and you yeah. want that them to go through that. But also I think I've come to peace in, <laughs> with the fact that it's never going to happen. Yeah. Got to let it go. Yeah.
1: I think that's <laughs> a good way to – because, um, you know – Uh, so I took good care of my mom, my dad's in the hospital and then, um, she wasn't very nice to me, but then I get this, it's weird how we're communicating now. She looks at all my Facebook stories and she like likes, 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 she gives me a thumbs thumbs up and that's the only, like, that's the only approval I think I've ever gotten from her. It's very weird. It's very weird. But she sends me this like. Uh, she's like a teenager with her Facebook <laughs> messenger. And I don't want, to, I don't even want her to get on Instagram or TikTok because that'll be, that'll be too much. But she sends me this thing because she was upset that she's like, oh, you didn't call me. And I'm, you know, we haven't, we don't really talk for years on the phone because that's not yeah, good for any of us. Um, but, but James talks to her, but, um, she sends it and it says, it's a, it's a pasta commercial. And it says, um, call the family and in the pasta, it's risotto. And, uh, a couple of weeks ago we took my dad out for his birthday and she had this risotto that she really loved and she was like, oh, it's so delicious. So, so my husband's like, that's her apology to you. Call the family. There's a thing of risotto. I'm like, I don't think so. You're being too optimistic, but, um, To your point is sometimes we just have to like let it go and see their limitations and accept people for everything they are. And it's kind of funny to get this call the family risotto commercial
0: so loaded. It's so, it's so, it's kind kind of amazing. yeah Well, that's the thing. I think another thing that I've come to peace with, with the family thing that never seems to go away is that. You know, maybe like we have this idea that family is going to be wonderful and loving and great to always be around. Maybe that's not what family is. No. Maybe it, the fun of having a family is being really angry half the time and yeah. feeling really sometimes kind of loved. You know, it's yeah. like that's that's the point of it.
1: Yeah, when everybody, when anybody like at a works like you know at an office or anything like uh, at an environment are like, oh, you're part of the family. I would get horrified. I'm like, okay, I, well, I gotta quit. I don't want to be part of the.
0: No, which family are yeah, we talking? About?
1: Yeah. I don't want to be any part or like, of like When
0: people like have healthier relationships with their parents as adults, I'm like, ew.
1: Yeah. I I don't.
0: Like you know those people that like smoke weed with their parents. I'm like, Ew. yeah, I don't
1: think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, I think even I, yeah, don't, I don't even don't. think that's that healthy to I mean, be like that. Yeah, it's
0: it's. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe, agree. Maybe, with maybe you. it works for them. I can't I can't judge them. But yeah, I, I, don't I personally think so. wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, but no. If, if you like that, that's great. Boundaries, yeah, and I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and no, like my husband, he had a pretty good relationship with his parents, but he would keep boundaries. they never suck yeah. weed or any of like, he also is. They're
0: not your friends. They're yeah. your parents. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Although I do like James being my friend, <laughs> but I have to, yeah, me too. I have to, yeah. He's more like the, the parent, which is nice. He's the one that's like.
0: He but draws boundaries. He
1: draws boundaries. He's like, come on.
0: So that's nice. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Well, can I just say about your the sad story that you shared? Um, and, you know, that is a very devastating, traumatizing story to hear about a human being. But I think even written into the story itself is the inherent, like, I think, truth of life that this person's life that on paper looks so tragic, you know, the victim of one of the most, if not like the most famous um, traumatizing event of the 20th century. And for you, her presence in your life was a gift and a joy and funny. And, you know, for your family, it was of like, it was just her memory is just humor and you know, um love and like so. So how how fascinating, you know, that human beings like we have this like. You just made capacity. me think of something.
1: I'm sorry, what? but you just made me think of something. No, me, and the me. worst part is, she had to take care of my mother after she's been through all huh? that.
0: <laughs> oh you- my god! I mean,
1: the poor woman. Like enough already. A poor woman. Like really. Um. But I think my mother would even like that joke. She could be very that's self-deprecating. Um that's funny. But it's like, how many tragedies can one go through? Like, it's, my God. it's too
0: much. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't she been through enough? <laughs> she to, oh
1: my God.
0: <laughs> so funny, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. There's like the humor in that. So, yeah. um, so like, and also, I feel thank like you for making a, me a comedian, see it too. Yeah, well, I feel like you and I see are alike in the way that we see this very clearly. But maybe in those very sad, the saddest of events are where some of the funniest things are, you know, weirdly. For sure. (sighs) But thank you so much for sharing that. That is like a very, I feel like your life stories because of your past are just so next level. Oh, like you're just like,
1: I appreciate, you know, it's funny. Like the, I (laughs) I started to see a therapist just to deal with my parents not like everything yeah. that's going on in life not I think my that's career not why
0: most people see a therapist <laughs> yeah. to be honest I'm with in you for the
1: right reasons <laughs> like we yeah. just did like four or five <laughs> sessions and he's like no your story is actually like one of the most intense hardest and I'm like oh my god like because in New York everything's a competition and I'm like really like no other patient yeah. like i feel like oh i've won i have won a prize won. for having a really hard time at something so i'm like looking at it as a po- a very positive thing like you know finally you know i'm the best at something um, you did it yeah i did it i feel worst really proud life of ever, oh worst life ever worst life, yes <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> i don't think so you don't Ukrainian, mean it Jewish. you say that to all your patients
0: <laughs> go on <laughs> yeah well, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously I want to say that's a joke because I, I think that's a very important point to point out that it is not a, uh, quantitative. It's not something to quantify. Suffering is yeah. not something that we can quantify. And I feel like that is also, I want to point out that that's a joke because that yeah. is one of the biggest issues of the online, yeah. uh, stuff. And I'm, I'm not saying, please, I hope no one's taking any meaning from what I, I'm just saying yeah. that that is a big issue in how people process information. And um, it's just where things get really sticky. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it shouldn't you know, be a competition.
1: Yeah, I love how you put that. Yeah, everybody, yeah. again, human to human interaction. Yep. We all like, yeah.
0: Uh And I run into a lot of problems with that because, you know, like, I, whenever I mention, I feel bad because whenever I mention, you know, my history or my family's history as Korean people, you know, here comes the quantification of Mm. suffering. And I'm like, how can I talk about this when there are other cultures that are suffering more like that's always uh, in the back of my head. But yeah, I think it messes people up a lot. You know, it's just we're not we're not. Yeah, we're not competing. We're just telling our stories. And I don't think anybody you know, yeah, feels harmed by somebody sharing their story, you know. So I'm so happy that you did.
1: Yeah. And I'm happy you did because uh, it shouldn't be this way at all. I think that I just want to say like the root of the problem is, is that it's um, not personal. And everybody, you know, the internet is not uh, a lot of times what reality is. And for people to go and be mean and troll and and have that and be their personality is really—it's just not right. It's not how yeah. it should be. And so, they're the problem—the way they're looking at it, not you. And I, yeah, yep, you're the solution. Yeah. You're trying to help people. You're—you're you're talking about your. No, I'm not the you're... solution,
0: but <laughs> thank you for saying okay, that. Okay, I'll but try. No, no more that's compliments. That's a little grandiose, but... Lana. Yeah. but like, uh, <laughs> think... but like, I think I think when you're like when people share their trauma, I think a lot of people hear it as like this competition, like, oh, you think you had it worse, like that. But the truth is, sharing your trauma is the way to connect with each other. Yeah, like whatever it is, whatever your trauma is, and I'm talking about like you know like you, our children, right? Yeah. Um, comparatively have uh less trauma hopefully (laughs) we do (laughs) but but that doesn't mean you know and I think as parents we really understand that like for my son who hasn't been through things maybe that were quote unquote as hard as I have but like there are things that really break his heart and like in those moments you know as mothers when we see our children we have space to be like wow that's really harmful to you we're not we're not like, I had it worse. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. You yeah, know that's what I how mean? we can see. That's how we yeah. grew up. Yeah. And
1: that's not the right and that's what I had to actually I'm very grateful to to Justin, my husband um, for telling me like we all feel pain. We all feel these emotions and not one yeah. is not more intense than the other. We can all feel and sometimes we just feel like crying for no reason. And it's called being a human being and it's, yeah, it's not a competition.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm really, uh, I know that that started off as a joke, but no, I I I like remember That that is like a huge problem. People think sharing pain equals, I think my pain is bigger than yours. And it's definitely, it's not at all that. Um, It's not. Anyway, it's, uh, I think we ran out of time, but this is such a fascinating conversation, Lana. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing.
1: Thank you for having me. Um, and I, I just uh, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful to you because um, you make it such a safe, nice place, and it does this conversation does feel important and to be honest about it. So, thank you for for helping me feel good.
0: Well, I'm glad that this was this felt. Um, good for you to do and i always find you so fascinating and so so strangely relatable and i only say that because again like we have such different lives but very very relatable um where can our listeners find you on social media
1: oh yeah Uh, i would love for you guys uh to to watch some of the funny reels and um uh all this fun stuff it's um at lana siebel is the instagram it's um l-a-n-a-s-i-e-b-e-l and um then I, I do tiktok as well but yeah instagram is uh where you'll find most of the reels um uh yeah thank you so much and uh if you're in jersey come to catch a rising star i'll be headlining december 29th i'd love to see you guys <gasps>
0: Wait, where, is that the name of the club? Um, Yeah, it's
1: called um, Catch a Rising Star, and it's like you hear all these comics talk about, uh, it used to be New York, like um, all these big names nowadays, uh, they talk about how they were, you know, they have all these stories from Catch a Rising Star, so um, now it's in Princeton, New Jersey.
0: Wait, I want to come, I want to come check it out on the 29th, December?
1: Uh, December 29th, yeah. Um, Oh
0: my God, that's awesome.
1: Oh, thank you, yeah. I, I mean, wait. Oppenheimer studied in Princeton. Um, so did Einstein. So and now Lana Siebel.
0: And now Lana. Yeah, Siebel. Lana, the
1: great minds of our generation. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, and if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram at Harry Butthole Podcast. I have a Patreon, Harry Butthole. I think that's what, uh, but I don't really do anything on Patreon. And if you want to find me, I'm at why am mayor everywhere, except TikTok young me mayor. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>